This is The Playbook. What's up, everybody? This is Sam Taggart with the DDD Podcast. And we are here at The Win in Las Vegas with one of our very special guests, David Meltzer, who's speaking at DDDCon, coming up here January 19th through the 21st in Salt Lake City, Utah. And Dave and I met a little while ago. I was on his show, which was really cool. It was an honor. We were right here in the same studio and uh, just really took to him. Actually, the first time I saw you speak was at a Dan Fleischman uh, mastermind event in Laguna or Orange County or whatever. And I was really impressed. Like, I'm, I'm into the whole woo-woo, faith-based stuff and, you know, your story and some of the stuff you're sharing. I was like, I can super align with that. So super excited to have you on the show and uh, appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, it's interesting. As you get older, too, you realize what resonates with you. And I tell people all the time, hey, look, there's going to be a lot of great information. Don't write it all down. Definitely don't write none of it down. But look for what resonates with yeah. you. And I look for intellect, intuition, and inspiration. And I hope to empower other people with the same. So I utilize my intellect to learn more. I utilize my intuition to channel more. And I utilize my inspiration to clear the interference between me and the source, the faith that I have, the almighty omniscient, all-powerful that loves me more than my mom. So it's love really that. simple and pragmatic the way that I go about my woo-woo-ism. I love that. <laughs> woo-woo-ism. Coined. <laughs> David Meltzer. <Nice>. Trademarked. <laughs> you got it. It's all ours. <laughs> um, love that. So you were, you know, you had kind of a cool upbringing and a roller coaster of career, and you've done quite a few things from tech to sports agency to, you know, obviously coaching and training and um, one of the things that like really resonated with me that I could kind of relate with you on, and it was interesting, I was asking your daughter a couple questions about this, is when I was in high school, my dad lost everything as well. Like he went from making millions to we were, he was driving an old 80s Buick, living in a three-bedroom condo, you know, to nothing, and then made his millions back by starting another company. And it was interesting how he held his own when it came to emotions and how he was as a father and like I wouldn't have even known it and talking to your daughter it was like yeah he was just always putting on a good face wouldn't have never known it so tell us a little bit about like how when going into a recession I think a lot of people right now might be pinching they might see changes adapting um were you able to weather the storm what kept you going as you you know went from 100 millions to nothing back up yeah, it's it's a really interesting journey to be able to do that. And, you know, nothing happens overnight. And you don't make all your money overnight. You don't lose it overnight. It may seem to other people as if you're an overnight success or you lost it overnight. So crucial moment in my life is when my wife, who uh, is not only my savior, but my best friend and the best decision I've ever made, you know, told me, I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become because she was leaving me. And she felt as if the behavior she had seen over at least the last five years were going to lead me to a place that she didn't want to be around, including taking my daughters with her. At the time, I had three daughters under the age of eight. And that one moment forced me. Initially, I resisted it, and I got mad like I did at my mom or my best friend, or my dad when they told me I was lost in the same way. But when she actually was going to take action uh, while everybody else was telling me how great I was and how right I was, I changed my idea of what my life was about. I took stock in 
who I was. And that was not just gratitude and forgiveness and accountability and inspiration, but it was an idea that I am. Mm. I am happy. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am worthy. And I was going to start figuring out what I was doing to interfere with my potential, not trying to get to my potential. I was already born part and parcel to the potential, to infinite, abundant universe. And I was interfering with it so much. And that paradigm shift, I'm sure people would say, well, he put on a face. No, I just got better at clearing the interference. So I, ironically, I think when things were going really well, I had so much interference in my life that my face, if you really looked at it, probably was more at disease than when I lost everything. Yeah. And uh, so I've utilized that paradigm shift, not only for me, but for other people to understand that, look, free will is great. I believe in giving your best, you know, and I believe in utilizing time and effort, but you need to learn lessons and have fun doing it. And the best way is to have faith in doing it by knowing what you're connected to and through and figuring out what you're doing to interfere with it, not trying to go to get something you already have. Love that. Oh, man, there's so much to unpack <laughs> in that short little answer. So um, it sounds like you and your wife have been able to have a really strong and powerful relationship. And, you know, it takes a strong woman to take her boundary and say, hey, I have a standard and this is my boundary. It sounds like we're breaking that. And it sounds like she had a strong hand on that. And then uh, you, you made some changes. So congrats. But oh, best decision of my life. I bet my I met my wife, by the way, when I was in the fourth grade. I heard you threw an egg at her head. Yeah, because my, <laughs> it was more because of my best friend who I was so much of a chicken in the sixth grade that I asked him to ask her to go steady with me. Okay. And so he kind of exaggerated the no in front of everyone. And so I got embarrassed and we lived by each other, my future wife uh, and I. So I threw an egg at her. And then I threw rocks at her. Then I told her and asked her why her friends were prettier than her, <laughs> which made it fun because you got to meet my daughter. This is cool because yeah. here I am now married for so long and my daughters now are, are teenagers. And of course, like every teenage girl, they come home telling me about some boy that's mean to them, right? In yeah. the same way that I may have been mean to my future wife. Yep. And I would laugh and giggle. I said, be careful because someday you may marry that guy. <laughs> And my daughter would say, oh, my God, I kill myself. So why is that funny? Because when my wife moved in with me and we got in bed for the very first time and, you know, we're almost 30 years old. And she looks at me, I go, what's the matter? She goes, if somebody would have told me when I was 12 that I'd be in love with you, I think I would have killed myself. <laughs> that is just a match made in yeah, heaven. I said, well, I this is going to end up well, I'm sure. I love that. <laughs> Um, so you went on to obviously do a lot in the sports agency world and marketing and then writing books and speaking and doing a lot of that. But, um, one of the things that I love that I wrote, read your book, by the way, Thank connected you. to greatness, goodness, goodness, goodness. Um, and one of the things that really stood out was just your connection to manifesting and really the power of the divine, like, like really trusting and having faith. And I guess maybe share some experiences in your life that you've seen the magic happen like you've just said hey let's take quantum leaps like boom and you've seen that work in your life yeah well you know i grew up with nothing a single mom with six kids working two jobs packing my dinner in a paper bag and i would tell everyone i'd say to the universe that i was going to be rich that i'd buy my mom a house and a car and 
it didn't happen in the way I thought. I thought I'd be a professional athlete, most likely a professional football player, and that's how I was going to make all that money. But somehow I end up, you know, wanting to be a doctor, realizing doctors had to be in hospitals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never went kids. down that route. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't like blood. Right. It never worked. I'm, I'm too empathetic. I'd feel I'd cry if you brought me your kid. Yeah. And then I wanted to be a lawyer because they made lots of money. And in fact, I went to the specific law school because it was the leading law school in oil and gas litigation, and that's which lawyers made the most money. And I end up somehow in the internet <laughs> out of law school. Even though my mom told me the internet's a fad and I'm going to lose, like, called me an idiot, basically. And there I was nine months after getting involved with the internet in 1992. Uh, the internet looked a lot different back then. A millionaire. And that was the first time that I realized that what I did, what I said, and what I thought made a difference. Mm. That was the first time I realized. Now, I've taken it to the X degree now in understanding manifestation from possibility to probability to perspective to reality and a variety of five daily practices i mean the the depth even since connected to goodness of the original idea but that was the first time that i could look back and give meaning to the inflection points the defining moments mm. the traumas the disappointments mistakes failures and setbacks and say oh i'm being protected and promoted I may not know everything. And that little philosophy of being protected and promoted and allowing time to unravel, knowing in radical humility that I am being protected and promoted in the story or analogy that I give people because it's really simple to me. When I was three years old, I reached out to touch a hot stove. My mom never yelled. Six kids, five boys and a girl. She never hit any of us. In fact, my wife will tell you that my biggest problem is my wife, my mom never hit me. Um, she never hit me. But one time I reached out for that hot stove and she slapped the back of my hand so hard and screamed at me. No, I started to cry. I looked at her, I'm like, why are you punishing your mom? What did I, I was so like beyond scared and hurt. And my mom hugged me immediately and said, I'm not punishing you, I'm protecting you, mm. I'm promoting you. And so as my life unraveled, you know, and all the different challenges that I had, I realized that I was reaching out when I didn't get into the law school I wanted to get into, when I didn't get the job that I wanted, when my biggest client left, when I got cheated out of $25 million for buying a condo conversion with no white paper, whatever happened in my life, I had this faith that, you know what, that's just a hot stove. I know I think I wanted to reach out and touch it. I think I wanted to date it. I think I wanted to go there. I think I wanted to have that, but it was a hot stove. Yeah. And the difference is, is that the divine is omniscient. My mom's not omniscient. So she is, her intention always is to protect and promote me, but she doesn't know what she doesn't know. The divine knows everything. Time has no limit. It's infinite in its knowledge. I just don't have that capability. So why not take that faith? And once I did, I no longer had to go get anything. It followed me. And that's where that manifestation of not only what I do in a trajectory of what I think I want, what I say in a trajectory of what I think I want, what I think in a trajectory of what I think I want, but now I've added what I believe in that trajectory and most importantly, what I feel.
Mm. Energy, emotion. My emotions are aligned with, I give meaning to the past. I give meaning to the inflection points, defining moments, aligned with what I think I want in the future. This is how the possibilities turn to probabilities, the probabilities to perspective, and the perspective to reality. I love that. Oh, it's so true. I just did a video on Instagram, and it was like, you know, a friend went to jail, and it's like, it's not my place to tell him that's exactly where he needs to be right now. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's yeah, like, good luck with that. No, and I'm like, that's where, like, it's part of his plan. Like, and, 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 and some people will be like, my life is over. What are people going to think? And I'm like, well, you could think that way. Or you could say, God's just protecting and promoting you. Like, that, that's an opportunity for you to grow, learn, recruit, whatever that is. And I think so often when things happen to us, we don't see it from that perspective of saying, oh, thank you. Like, I guess this is what I needed right now. Instead of like, oh, I wanted this and I was so attached. It's the problem with attachment, in my opinion. It's Emotional like, attachment. Yeah, it's like I, I needed to go this way. And if it doesn't go that way, then I'm not happy. Instead of just being like, I'm in flow. However it goes, it goes, but I'm setting my intention and trusting. I think that patience and trusting and just realizing you're exactly where you are is, is such a powerful concept and really letting things follow you, like you said, attracting and, and, and letting it come. That's so good. I want to add one thing that's a later in life epiphany for me related to this, and it's accountability. Because accountability has stages. And the first stage of accountability is one of responsibility and liability. So if you tell someone, oh, you're accountable for that happened, why well, was it responsible for it? Mm. Or I'm not liable for it, right? I, right? Well, he hit me from behind. I'm not liable. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that's one stage of accountability. The second is the one we just talked about, which is attraction. Like, what did I do, think, say, believe, or feel to attract this to myself? And what am I supposed to learn from it? But the most powerful one, which we can't necessarily tell people, and if we do, it's a very difficult conversation, is just simply, what are you doing to participate in this perception mm. of either punishment, promotion, or protection? What are you doing to participate in it? And I had a client, a coaching client, who had a horrible uh, incident. Her husband committed suicide, and when her oldest son found out, he killed himself. Wow. You could not imagine something more devastating, right? I, I can't. And I was coaching her, and I went through gratitude and understanding, let's find the light, the love, and the lesson in every situation. Forgiveness, forgiving ourselves for anything that we feel that we may have done to contribute to these activities, this perception. And then I got to accountability. And I said, well, let's talk about accountability. And immediately the defense mechanism went up, the hurt, the pain. And I'm not responsible for that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. I didn't say anyone's responsible or liable for someone killing themselves. Yeah. Right? I, I said, let's talk about just in the level of attraction. You know, what are we supposed to learn from why we attract certain things to ourselves and what we're supposed to learn from that what are we putting out there in fear or is we wish or desire things that we don't want our greatest fears these are things that start contributing to yep. the statistical attraction and then i talked about participating in the perception of being promoted and protected by this and eventually i almost was fired you know sometimes when i go Say, this yeah, route. Yeah, the, like, you know, when I'm coaching, sometimes I'm just like, I get it. I, you may not be ready for this. And if I'm not your guy anymore, I, I get it. And I'm praying for your happiness and someday your understanding. 
but I, I have to tell you what I think or else I'm not authentic to it. Mm. And it was really close, but she's still with me today and told me that she's so thankful that I explained that to her because it helped not only her heal, but she sees it now of all the great things she's doing because of that protection and promotion. Is it a pain? Absolutely. An indicator we have a better place to be. Is it a setback, a failure, a mistake? I told people out there, you heard me, man. If you're not making mistakes, then God made the mistake because that's why you're here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think it's really important to understand those levels of accountability when we're looking uh, of somebody in jail or even someone that gets sick. Yeah. You know, what are we doing to put ourselves at disease? Love that. Love that. So advice for somebody kind of going into these changes in the economy and you know, obviously you've seen different eras and ups and downs in the economy, like knowing that things are changing, interest rates have changed, uh, you know, money's tighter. What recommendation would you be giving to a business owner? Well, number one, change is good, right? This is where the margins of millionaires are made. If you understand money, you understand that the fluctuation or change in circumstantial or circumstances of money is essential to make a lot of it. If money stays the same, it's very difficult to make bigger margins. You can make consistent gain, but where the margins of millionaires are made of, it's it's with accelerated change in these times. So uh, be excited. Now, what do we do to take advantage of that? We have to look it in at three things. One, look at your skills. This is the same branding advice, by the way, I give people, is understanding your essence, your, your own frequency, which mm -hmm. is your neighborhood. If you look at your skills, your knowledge, and your desire, this is the three aggregated characteristics of essence or frequency. This is who you are. Take your skills, knowledge, and desire and see where it's aligned with, supplementary or synergistic with what's doing well today. Mm -hmm. Industry, jobs, careers, investments. How do we find those things? I use the stock market because I can look historically at the stock market and say, for the last six months, these industries are doing well, these careers are doing well, these jobs are doing well. How is my skills, knowledge, and desire to align with what's doing well? Yeah, Sounds like a good way to make money, especially when you have great fluctuation. Things that are doing well means that they do even better. better. Exactly. Secondly, take those skills, knowledge, and desire, your essence, your frequency, and see how it's aligned with supplementary or synergistic to what's stable. Now, this is even easier to find in the stock market because if you find an industry career or job that's been stable even for the last three years, that's a pretty stable. And now you can start weighted balance, mitigating risk, timing and risk tolerance between what's doing well today and what's stable. Mm. And then the third component of timing and risk tolerance and mitigation or weighted balance of maximizing opportunity is understanding what you think is gonna do well. I call them lottery tickets. Mm. And the philosophy of a lottery ticket is as long as you've done a timing and risk tolerance analysis, as long as you've aligned your skills, your knowledge and desire to what you think is gonna be doing well, industry, career, or job, you're always gonna be happy. Mm. So the lottery ticket analogy is that if you go into buying a $2 lottery ticket and you know there's a one in a billion chance that you make a half a billion dollars on Saturday night at 8 p.m., and it's Saturday night at 8 p.m., you lose your $2, mm. 
you're happy as a clam. You got exactly what your timing and risk tolerance, what your expectation. But the problem with people is, especially when there's great fluctuation in the economic market, interest rates, housing market, stock market, crypto market, whatever it is, they don't do that timing and risk tolerance. And so therefore they never win. So when, you know, mana goes from 11 cents where I invested it to $6 and 49 cents, they don't see anything because they didn't do a timing and risk tolerance analysis that like I did that said, the minute I make my money back, I'm selling half of it. The minute I double my money back, I'm selling half of that and I'm gonna let the rest of it ride until my son graduates from college and he can take care of it. Now, no matter what happens, I'm happy. Yeah, you're like, I... And yeah. so it's really important to have a weighted balance according to your timing and risk tolerance constantly, whether you're branding yourself, whether you're looking for opportunities or investments, you have to know your essence. You have to know your skills, your knowledge, and your desire. That, that's what makes me different being the middle-aged mutant turtle of the internet, is that when you watch my content, it's me. It's not Gary Vee, it's not Tom Bilyeu, it's not Ed Milet. In fact, it's not Tim Story. It's all those guys that like me because I'm just me. And the reason I like them is they're just them. Yeah. I like their skills. I like their knowledge and I like their desire. It resonates with me. Yeah. And we're all different and it resonates. And that's what I like about you. And I assume because we're in the same neighborhood now, that's our frequency. But I really want to encourage people, whether it's investment or branding, know your essence. Dude, look at it every day. What do I want personally, experientially, giving, receiving? Who can I help? Who can help me? How best can I get it done and prioritize accordingly? So good. If you're not taking notes right now when you're listening to this, you guys are idiots. So pause, rewind, go back, write down these key bullet points, like he's saying, and uh, go practice this. Like there's so many, it's so crazy how many people watch your videos or watch your podcast or whatever. And, you know, like you said, you're like, don't write everything down, but definitely write a lot of things down. Yeah, that like, resonates with that you. It resonates with you. And if that resonated with you, I'd, I'd highly recommend you go write it down and uh, maybe leave a comment or go follow Dave or go, you know what I mean? Go find people that resonate. Or ask for with help. You or, yeah. I'm available. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think, uh, you know, I just see a lot of consumers instead of participators out there when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I'm like, guys, participate in it. Like, do the thing. Like, when you talk about manifesting, it's like, that's a thing. You can, like, create stuff way faster than you think um or like you said it's like how are you attracting i think it's so interesting like when things happen to us it's like what was i doing how am i resonating in my essence how does that keep it your vibe attracts your tribe kind of thing it's like why do certain people start attracting to you or why does it that certain opportunities pop up and or not pop up it's like well probably because you're an awkward person or probably because your energy's off like start changing your energy start being intentional about that I love that. Yeah, I think about it as coinciding, right? And there's a mathematical equation, uh, equation of coincidence or coinciding. Mm. It's pay attention to what you want and give those five levels of intention. If you know what you want today and you give everything that you can to what you do say, think, believe, and feel, the coincidences are going to be around you. Now you just look for clues of coincidence, pattern of coincidence. Now you can make better choices by prioritizing that frequency. And another thing about your frequency, remember, a frequency is a vibration. You can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than you. So if you're elevating your frequency by surrounding yourself with the right people, the right ideas, the right circumstances, the right events, yep. the right bucket list things. See, all the things that you do, Sam, 
are elevating in its frequency. And so your awareness is greater. So you can be aware of more. But the other thing that people don't realize is that your frequency becomes your neighborhood. Mm. Now, why is that important? Well, I grew up in the projects in Akron, Ohio. Let's say that I came up with the idea for Uber. And I'm sitting in the projects drinking a 45 on a lawn chair. And I look next to my best friend sitting in a lawn chair drinking his 45. And I'm like, dude, I got a great idea. We're going to take all these cabs out of business. I, this is an amazing idea. And he's going to be all drinking his 45. He's like, oh, man, that is a great idea. That's about all you get in the yeah, project. Yeah, that's exactly. But where I live now, and we can use it analogously to my frequency, but actually where we actually live, I can sit in my neighborhood and there's all these little parks and there's a water park and a skate park and all this stuff in this beautiful planned community in the bubble of Orange County. I can just walk down the street, sit at the end of my street. There's a beautiful park and sit at the little picnic table and the kids are playing or whatever. And whatever the dude is next to me and say, got this great idea this uber idea and he would look at me and say oh my god that's a great idea can i write you a million dollar check or he'd be like i know a guy that's exactly a developer. I, the, I your neighborhood you. he'd be like oh let me connect you to tommy who does the because my frequency is my neighborhood 100%. and that whether it's physical in its location of living in a dream home overlooking the ocean in a gated community in orange county that's how I'm living my life. Well, we, we I'm attracting people like you. We we showed up here to Las Vegas, and I hadn't been to Vegas. Like I'm not a Vegas guy. right? <laughs> and I and I knew we were going to the Raiders game, and so I just booked the Luxor right next to the Raiders stadium. I was like, oh, we'll just walk, right? The parking's gonna suck at the Raiders game. We walk into the Luxor, and I was like, what happened to America? Like I was just they like, ate themselves. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, everyone's a hundred pounds heavier than they should be. <laughs> Some do, like most people with face tattoos, it smells like BO. And I was like, man, wasn't this like this place looks dope, right? Like, and then I was just like, where am I? Where's and, King Tut? Yeah, What's I he was, thinking right and now? I was like, oh my gosh. So D looks at me and she's like, Sam, we are leaving. Like, I am not staying here. She's You're like, like my wife. Yeah, That's she, so good. She's like, we're not like, she's like, I'm not even high maintenance. Like, she's like, this is just not my frequency. She's like, I just can't I love be here. Her. I she's love like, her. I feel like I'm in a dungeon. And we're like, yeah, let's see how it goes for a night. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. We dipped to the condors. We're staying over here. Yeah, I was like, so I was like, it was so funny, but it's so true. Like, I was like, this is not the same people that I care to be surrounding myself with. Like, I was just like, that's not the neighborhood right. in which your I want to be in. Is your neighborhood. I and love this is that. a valuable lesson dictated by your skills, your knowledge, your desire. Similar experience to Super yeah. Bowl. I, my office manager must have got a kickback, but we got 20 rooms at a hotel in Tampa for the Super Bowl years ago, and I had clients, and it was like the Roach Motel. You needed yeah, a blue yeah. light. My <laughs> wife would not, and the difficulty was I couldn't move 20 rooms over to yeah, yeah. the Marriott, right? Like, And so I had clients drive up, and <laughs> they're like, there's no way Dave Meltzer's staying here. I'm at the wrong place. And I half of me was like, thank goodness, because like that's, the frequency they yeah, think they, they, right? they couldn't even they couldn't even imagine and so they're i'm getting these calls hey somebody made a mistake um where where are you staying <laughs> you're just like oh shoot <laughs> right I he goes because we just booked the west in i'm like oh thank god yeah we, there's a terrible mistake i'm <laughs> i'm probably gonna be staying there as well i was like my wife though was like i'm not staying here yeah. Now my wife, we, when we met, I was like the guy who took her on her first first class flight. You know, she was sleeping in Pacific Beach on a couch for fifty bucks. Uh, my wife, when I yeah, when yeah. I reacquainted with her, I met her in the fourth grade, and like all of a sudden, you know, we were flying like 
to Utah and Delta first class. And you know how that is. And she's like, this doesn't look like first class. And I'm like, Where, what frequency have I elevated you to? You're like, oh, like, crap. Now there's I do levels of first yeah. class. Like, yeah. This is not Emirates. You know, there's no shower. I'm sorry, babe. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, then bring you like a little towel that's folded like an elephant on this one. Sorry. <laughs> that's so good, though. But I think it's great that you have to know your frequency. Yeah. And it's okay to say, this isn't my vibe. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. Speaking of neighborhoods, you're speaking at DoorToDoorCon in yeah. a couple weeks. And... Yeah. Uh, I always tell people, I'm like, we, we recognize these awards called the Golden Doors. It's the top 1% of each industry. You know, so you know all of the best and the best are all coming. You have 80 speakers. You have big keynotes like you, Jordan Peterson, Tom Bilio. Um, and I guess what is the importance of having somebody go into those types of neighborhoods, maybe where they're not? Like, they're almost afraid, like, I can't afford a ticket or I don't, da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, you get to be in this neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why wouldn't, why, why should they go? Look, you are the five people you surround yourself with. And I used an analogy earlier today that I keep on talking about is that uh, you want to ask for help from people that are at a higher base camp than you. Mm. And there's two reasons why. One, uh, the fastest way to get to where you want to be is to ask someone that's already there. But there's also this other thing that I learned this year is that the people who are in the base camps in front of you are more helpful and they actually know what they're talking about to get to where they are. And so those are the people that you want to be around and they want to make an investment in you because the people at base camp five, if you're base camp four, they're pulling up the people at base camp four and they're asking for help from the people at base camp six. Mm -hmm. So there's always this picture in my mind. This is how I'm living my life. And what's, come to my own awareness is that it always seems like the people at base camp three two and one are always trying to make pull me down yeah like the ones that do like if i look at all the negative comments that i have it's always from people at base camp three two and one not at base camp five ahead of me 100 percent. and so the reason you need to come to d2d with the reason you need to meet with jordan and me and tom and you is that we're here to elevate you. We're here to show you all the dummy tax that we paid. We're here to inspire you, to give you the intellect, as well as the intuition to make it easier on you. We want, we're cheering for you. Yeah. We're not rooting against you. And so the easiest way to get to where you want to be is be around people that are already there. And it's the fastest and smartest thing to do. And I do it myself. I'm looking for rooms that I'm not the smartest one in. Hey, I already got invited to Scotland to yes, play golf did. in June, so <laughs> I'm definitely signing up for that one. So anyway, but yeah. yeah, look for those opportunities. Take them. It's a, it's amazing. It's the same with that neighborhood thing. It's amazing when you start to play in a different neighborhood that you are like a temperature, right? Your thermostat raises to the average temperature in a room. Yeah. Right. So if you're, you know, with people that are going to heat you up, you're going to heat up. Yeah. And I think it's the smartest thing that you can do is surround yourself with the right people and the right ideas. And that's, to me, what you're doing with D2D. Love that. Yeah, our whole mission is to just unify, up-level, bring honor and integrity to the door-to-door space and like really make it a community where it was super fractionalized and or fragmented everywhere. And now it's really coming together. It's cool to see competitors speaking on the same panel having people that have bounced companies now like hugging and being like, Hey, it's been a while. You know, right, it's right, like right. reunion. <laughs> so it's really cool. And, um, we're super excited to have you there. And fun fact, I heard that you're a rapper. 
So, yeah. so you definitely we, were talking to my daughter. We, we, we had a, we had Jesse Itzler do a rap last year. So I'm doing a rap this year. So I figured maybe you co-rap with me. We yeah, work on that back. Yeah, let's do it, man. Yeah, I, like I, the Beastie Boys or we, something. We, we draw, hey, we saw Ice Cube at the Raiders game, and I was like, damn, maybe David Meltzer is like on that track. Heck yeah. He said manifesting. He's like, you know, you could be, he was a lawyer, sports agent, business tech guy, internet guy, rapper's next. I'm excited to Tim see Tim Story, who's your friend as yeah. well, he, he always says that I am the philosophical rapper, that I okay. channel to almost like a rap when I'm channeling, when I get into the zone yeah. and it almost sounds like uh, I have a, a rhythm a or rhythm. a beat, but yeah, I, I love to rap and, you know, starting with Sugar Hill gang on, you know, I can uh, hopefully throw it down with you. We'll be Sam and the man. We actually have Sugar Ray Hart coming. So, nice. Yeah. So they're coming and performing at the after party, which would be kind of cool seeing like those guys. Anyway, it'll be, it'll be a good show um last little thing like i had a another fun little thing i learned about is that you were a, a ping pong master too oh so the the real question is we need to make a bet i don't pay for scotland if i can beat you in ping pong there we go <laughs> <laughs> we heard Done it firsthand I'm, I'm challenging him at nice. door i'll there double my speaking fee if i win double speaking fee <laughs> We're doing it. Bets on camera. Hey guys, on camera. He he does sports bets every Saturday morning. Yeah, on, on XM Series. On XM Win Series. Daily. Check out the Coach's Corner. I'm giving bad advice to everyone, and they only remember the good advice. What I learned about sports betting, as far as the media side, is make the most outrageous picks you can, yeah. because nobody remembers the ones that don't work. But if you're the guy that says, "Oh my God, Tulane's going to beat USC in the Cotton Bowl," all you get is flooded with, "How'd you know?" They forget about like the 19 other bad bets. <laughs> <laughs> I am on my March Madness bracket. I'm like, oh, I missed all of these. But, dude, I was the one that picked this. Right, exactly. Well, you and, see this here I never in Vegas. Win, what about the one in Vegas, man? Like, I love the gamblers who are like, oh, my God, I just won $36,000. They don't tell you they have a $100,000 line, right? Yeah. But they did win the thirty six. How long have you, you been sitting at that slot? <laughs> I have so many friends like that. That's when I decided that. You know, I'm a $500 entertainment better. That means me. I pay 500 bucks. That's my entertainment for the night. Oh, that's it's, if it's, I win, I win. But I'm happy watching a movie if I lost it all. I like I like <laughs> cards enough to play. Yeah, mine's 250 bucks. I was like, I'll play cards. Well, because I get suckers bucks. to play me ping pong, so I can afford 500 oh, okay. now. Okay, okay, I better start practicing. <laughs> See, let's battle it out. I need some good competition. I'm playing in a minute. Um, no, but thank you so much for being on the show. We're super excited to have you in a couple weeks and. Guys, yeah. if you have not got your ticket, now's the time. Please. Come see David. Come see um, all the amazing other speakers. Go to the website. Go see the lineup. We have awesome panels on uh, marketing to recruiting to leadership to business ownership to sales tactics. And David could go on. I, I was going to do a whole podcast on his sales ability. Like I saw him do a little sales training video on Instagram. I was like, oh, he's okay. He's like a seven. Let's see if he can hack the doors. You know, I, 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 I'd be curious. Maybe I'll make him do a pitch at, on, I love, on please stage. Please do. I, There's nothing so better fun. than impromptu selling for me. It's the yeah. love of my football and sales. I can all day long, and I study it still today. And I think, you know, I coach kids, especially in real estate. Uh, one of the kids that was bankrupt came to me, and I promised him he would make a million dollars in his first year in real estate. And my first piece of advice was, we're doing 50 doors a day. Love that. All, all year. And he said, what? I go, we're knocking on 50 doors a day. I'm guaranteeing. He made $3 million, by the way. Wow. Because he didn't miss a day. And I taught him how to knock on doors. I taught him how to find open minds. I've ta taught him to ask people what they like and don't like. 
and articulate quantitative value, planting seeds, and it just grew and grew and grew. And to this day, this was years ago, he doesn't miss a day. He knocks on 50 doors. That's amazing. Guys, it's the tribe. I think it's so interesting. Even people coming from the outside. When you come to our conference, Ed Milet, when he spoke, he goes, I've never seen a crowd so epic. Jordan uh, Belfort, right. when he spoke, he was Jordan, like, my he, he's like, can I keep speaking? This is awesome. Like, you know, you go to a dentist conference, yeah, or a yeah, lawyer yeah. conference, you go to a engineers are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, all right, anybody awake out there? Like when you come to door door, I'm telling you, they bring the energy. And these guys are straight fire hustlers that are willing to do the I got to get more of them on my TV show, man. That's yeah, the, that's like, the promise I need from you. Yeah. I'll help let's you connect. Get, let's we're, get more of these guys on the show to bring the energy. Yeah. Like we're doing a documentary. It'll be a great place to cast yeah. um, people. We have a whole production documentary company come in. We have a podcast section. If you want to oh. just hang around, like, Oh, I will. I'll do a meetup. After I'll party. do some Q and A's. Yeah, do, do, like it'll be, it'll be a good time. Guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you got some value out of this, go leave a remark in the comments um and go follow dave he's got office hours a great show on apple tv he's got his instagram and social media um and go figure out how to get into his corner into his neighborhood because he is somebody you're gonna want to know and be a learning around and email me i'll give you your whole community anyone can have my book i'll sign it send it to you i'll pay for shipping and the book it's not a street hustle i just want to empower people with some uh, good dummy tax and good ideas that I have spent over the last 30 years. So. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for this. See you guys. Peace.